Welcome to the Flow Podcast. Today I'm excited to have Stuart Cooper on. If you don't know Stuart, Stuart's pretty well known for films on Jiu-Jitsu and MMA. He's done films on guys like Brawley Ostima, uh, Husama Palajares, or Tequino, uh, Felipe Costa, Gunnar Nelson. So he's met a lot of different people, has a lot of great, interesting stories, and it was really good to hear about his experience and uh, some of the projects that he's done and he's working on. So yeah, here's the interview with Stuart Cooper. So I'm here with Stuart Cooper. Stuart, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm actually originally from Preston, which is near Manchester in northwest England. Um, I'm 27 years old at the moment, just turned 27. And I actually have, um, I went to university and I got a degree in broadcasting. Um, and then I left university uh, with this degree and couldn't get a job. You know, um, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. Hmm. So. Um, I was, all, I was always always into sport, you know, always uh, was into football, skateboarding, always, I, I, I thought at that point maybe I'll go into personal training, um, and then I, I saw the UFC, like everybody else, I saw UFC on TV, um, and I saw this and I was like, wow, I, you know, I really want to do this, because so, I had nothing else to do, uh, the recession hit in England, couldn't get a job, I took up Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I just fell in love with it from day one, I just took to it. And from there, I just started training every day, twice a day. And I did this for about two years. Um, and I started to do really well, you know. I got up to Blue Belt, won a bunch of competitions in, in the UK. Um, things were going really well, training every day, not making any money. Um, <laughs> and uh, But that's, I was pretty convinced that's the path I was going to go down. At one point, I was thinking, I'm actually going to commit to this full time, maybe do MMA or be a jiu-jitsu fighter, but then I actually got, uh, I entered a grappling tournament and I got caught in a footlock in the final of this fight and um, unfortunately I didn't tap quick enough and this guy broke my foot. <laughs> wow. So um, yeah, it put me out for about six months and so I decided to buy myself a video camera uh, just for something to do. And I've always had an interest in film, you know, always been huge into the movies. And uh, I started going to these competitions and filming my friends' fights, you know, just for something to do, and editing them together and posting highlight videos on YouTube. And then people started to say that I was, you know, pretty good at it. You know, you've got a little bit of a hidden talent there. Mm. Um, and before it's all, it's all happened by accident. And then uh, before I knew it, you know... Um, People were inviting me to like seminars of Ryan Hall, and I went along to this Ryan Hall seminar, and I filmed it, made this video out of it, and people said, you know, this is really good. You're onto something here. You know, not many people are doing this kind of thing you're doing. And because I kept on getting such positive response from people, people were saying, pushing me to keep on doing it. Uh, before I knew it, I was attending seminars all over the UK. Um, just make, you know, making these little bit jujitsu videos, and I didn't even, I don't even think about what I'm doing. When I turn up to filming, I never plan anything. I don't plan questions, um, and that's how I fell into it, really. You know, and then I recovered from my injury, carried on training jujitsu, 
And, and yeah, here I am today, traveling the world, making jiu-jitsu videos. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, it's quite strange. It's all by accident. <laughs> okay, so I want to backtrack real quick. First, what got you into jiu-jitsu in the first place? Um, well, I saw UFC on TV, and I really liked it. And the fight that I saw was Roger Huerto versus Clay Guida. Okay. Uh, man, um, and funnily enough, um, I'm actually here in Tiger Muay Thai at the moment, training with Roger Huerta. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's real. And he's my friend. It's really, really quite strange. Okay. But yeah, so saw so UFC on TV, and I thought, I want to try that. So I went down to, uh, this is after I finished university, and I had a bit of time, went down to the nearest MMA gym, and uh, started Thai boxing. And then there was an MMA lesson on afterwards, so I went to that, and then I was doing all this ground stuff, and I remember getting, I was really strong, you know, uh, from all the sports I'd been doing, and I remember this, like, 14-year-old kid um, getting me in a triangle at an armbar, and I didn't know what it was, I was like, wow, I just got my ass kicked by some little kid, <laughs> I was like, what is this, what's this ground stuff, and he's like, this is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I'm like, wow, can we do this, can we train that separately, and he's like, oh, yeah, there's a Jiu-Jitsu class on, you know, three times a week. And then I started going, and that's that's how I ended up getting into it. Hmm. So when you started filming, um, you know, you filmed on Jiu-Jitsu and MMA, what was the hardest part in the beginning? Oh, filming Jiu-Jitsu yeah. and MMA? Yeah. Um, every, the, the hardest part, really, was um, actually getting permission to film, hmm. I suppose. You know, people taking you seriously. Um, it's a lot easier for me now. Obviously, I've done a lot of videos, and... Uh, people recognize my work now, and I tend to email people now and say, hey, you know, do you mind if I come down and film your seminar? I'm like, yeah, you know, we're seeing your work, you know. We'd, we'd love to have you down and make, make a video, a documentary. So originally the hardest bit was getting permission. Wow, okay. You know, and, and fighters as well, the fighters don't know who I am, and they get a little bit, uh, I suppose, worried about what you're going to film. If you're going to film certain techniques and put them on the Internet, but yeah. when I meet these fighters now, um, I'll introduce myself and I'll say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm friends with Browley, with Steve, and instantly they're like, oh, right, you know, yeah, I, I know Browley, oh, and, yeah. So, when you mentioned that a lot of times you don't have any, like, plan on when you're going to film, you know, you kind of just decide when you get there. When Yeah. When, how exactly do you approach filming someone? Like, what is the process like? Um, I, I just I just tend to turn up and <clears throat> I try and I think because I train jiu-jitsu myself and I'm a fan of the sport, you know, I I film and ask questions that I want to know myself. Um, and I try and I really again I just it seems to come. I don't know. I think it maybe a little bit of a natural. But I don't I don't quite get. What it is I'm doing, it just seems to come together, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, that's yeah. interesting. Um, do you think that it's important that you also train and you're not just someone who, you know, makes films? Yeah, absolutely, because um, I was back in England, I actually started to uh, film weddings um, just for a bit of money on the side, and I don't have the same passion when I turn up to a wedding to film it. Um, I, I really... I have no interest in it. And when it comes to the, <laughs> yeah, when it comes to the editing, I I, I dread it. It's uh, I hate doing it. 
But when I turn up to a, a jiu-jitsu seminar and I'm like, it's, I just enjoy every minute of it. And then I can't wait to get home and start editing it together. And um, I enjoy every minute of the process. Hmm. So, I'm, yeah, and it's some, like I said, it's something I have a big interest in. So I love, I love doing it. And I always jump in the sparring at the end as well. I'll turn up, film, jump in, sparring at the end. Yeah, it's great. Absolutely love it. Are people sometimes surprised uh, when you show up and you're not just filming, but you're also participating maybe in the training and doing it with them? Yeah, absolutely. That's one thing I was actually talking to my friends uh, earlier about. Um, for example, when I went to America, um, I was actually at the World, World BJJ Expo, and I had some guy come up to me asking what camera it was that I had, and he asked me what I was filming. And I said, oh, I'm just making a highlight video for the Expo. And he goes, all oh, right, have you heard of this guy called Stuart Cooper? And I'm like, yeah, that, that's me. <laughs> no way, that's you, man. And then he looked at me and uh, he said, man, I had this vision in my head that you'd be really small and fat and you didn't actually train jiu-jitsu. And then a uh, similar thing happened here in Tiger Muay Thai. Some uh, guy from England turned up called Enzo. And uh, he said the same thing. He said, I didn't think you would train jiu-jitsu. I just had this image in your head that you were like this old fat man. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> I, always, always, I always surprise people because I've been training jiu-jitsu for about five years now, so I'm a purple belt, and I've always been in the sport, so I do tend to surprise people, <laughs> which is quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> the first thing about what it is I do, I get to train with the best in the world all the time. So yeah. I actually think making these jiu-jitsu videos has made my jiu-jitsu better. Because it's all that goes through my head. I go and train jiu-jitsu, I go and film jiu-jitsu, and then when I'm editing, I'm editing jiu-jitsu moves, so I'm replaying it in my head. And then I'll go to training, and then it's, it's fresh in my brain, and then I'll go and pull off the move, which I was just looking at on my computer. Yeah. So I get, yeah, I mean, hanging around with people like Browley and Steamer, and not just training with these guys, but listening to them and seeing what, what actually goes into becoming a world champion and you know, having down to earth conversations with these guys, you know, it definitely helps. Well, you've done a lot of videos uh, on these high level athletes like Braulio, Tokino. Uh, yeah. Is there certain qualities that you think they possess that make them, you know, special or unique? Oh, yeah, absolutely. When you meet these guys, you see, um, you just see how obsessed with the old sport almost, you know, just um, just incredibly dedicated. I mean, obviously these guys have a natural talent for it, but I think to be successful at jiu-jitsu, you definitely have to be very smart, you know. Um, like Braulio is definitely, Braulio's team is one of the smartest guys I've ever ever met, you know. He, he's one of those guys, whatever he did, he would have, he would have succeeded at it. You know, if he wanted to be a doctor, he would have been, a, you know, he would have been Adopted, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like you said, you know, um, you said you think you have to be very smart to do, you know, jujitsu. Is it just that ability to look at it analytically and be able to break down certain positions? Is that maybe a very key factor in becoming very successful at it? Yeah, I think so. And it's also, um, I think you've got to be incredibly com- competitive. I mean, especially you know these days. I mean. Uh, people are training, you know, four to six hours a day, you know, and um, I spent time with Andre Galvo in uh, L.A., and I see, I saw how he, he's very different to Braulio. He's more of an athlete, 
and he drills more. Like Braulio, I would say he's more of a chess player and he's incredibly clever and strategic. But um, he admits he doesn't train. He's not as a, not as athletic as Andre Galvo. You know, Andre Galvo. I I spent time with him, and that guy is a machine. He just does not stop. He gets up every morning. He's doing this crazy um, cardio Olympic lifting workout in the morning. And then I saw how much he drills technique and just how healthy this guy is. Um, so everyone's a little bit different in their own way. I mean, Ryan Hall, again, he was very, um, he's an interesting guy. Everyone has their own little approach to jiu-jitsu. Like Ryan Hall, again, was very analytical, the way he breaks things down, incredibly smart. But then someone who really stuck out to me was Gunnar Nelson. He's, he's also one of the, I had the pleasure of sparring with Gunnar, and he's one of these guys who is very quiet, and he doesn't really break down jiu-jitsu like the other guys, but um, when you talk to him, he's a very, he's kind of like my filmmaking, he doesn't really think about what he's doing, he just he just flows. And I asked him like, the question, oh, how did you do this move? Like, How did you figure that out? And he's like, I don't know, it just felt right. So how did, <laughs> it just felt right to him, so. Yeah. You no, know, he's, yeah, he's one of these guys. He's very laid back, and um, this he's all about having you know quite a clear mind. You know when he when he's training jujitsu and just enjoying it, enjoying every moment of it. And again, he doesn't lift weights. He's not really um, like Gunnar Nelson told me he, the day before ADCC, he was eating a pizza and drinking wine. <laughs> wow. Wait, yeah, you've got people like Andre Galvo who are training, like, eating so healthy and doing all this crazy cardio. Um, you know, everyone's different. Everyone's different in their own approach. Hmm. So, you've gotten to see these athletes and their lives on and on the mat. Is there anything that surprised you or maybe other people would be surprised about them in general? I suppose just seeing how seen how normal these guys are, you know, um, mm-hmm. they're, just, they're just everyday guys, you know, they just they just love what they do, and I suppose uh, to, to be at the top level, I think these these guys, I think what they have to do is they have to be a little bit selfish, you know, they have to sacrifice a lot in their lives, Yeah. You know, uh, I don't think people realise what goes into getting to the very top, you know, and uh, they have to, I mean... These guys, you know, they have to have wives or girlfriends and families that, you know, uh, understand how much goes into the sport and to be at the top. So they have to make a lot of sacrifices. They have to be away from their families quite a lot for long lengths of time. And so they have to put them, I think in any sport, that's, that's the same, you know, they have to uh, put themselves first a little bit. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, I know you went to Rio and you did a, a lot of filming there. Uh, what was that experience like? Yeah, Rio, um, Rio was an awesome experience. Um, I owe an incredible amount to a guy called Dennis Ash, yeah. uh, who is the runner, who's the, you know, the founder of Connection Rio. Um, and I remember emailing him. Um, it was just an idea I had. I was making these videos and um, I, I, I saw this ad for Connection Rio and I thought, maybe I should email this guy and say, hey, you know, how about I come across to Brazil uh, you give me a free place to stay, free training, and in return, you know, I will uh, produce some videos for you and help promote Connection Rio. 
And I didn't expect, I just thought it was a long shot. And I didn't expect a, a reply. And he did. He replied to me immediately saying, we'd love to have you over here. And I was like, oh, great. You know, how about, you know, I come over for a month. And he was like, how about you come over for six months? <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that at all. And I went over there and he was such a great guy. So one of the, the few people I've met in my life who, who really, he understood the way I worked. You know, I've worked with people before um, and I've fallen out with a few people because they don't like my approach to filmmaking. They want to see, it, a lot of people I've worked with, they want to see a schedule and they want to see a shot list. And they want to see, they want to see proper planning. Um, and I'm not, I'm just not like that. Like I told you before, I just turn up, I don't think about what I'm doing, <laughs> just go with the flow. And um, he understood the way I worked and not pressure on me and just let me be when I'm filming. And um, he was so encouraging towards me and he would always come, always, always you know, um, push me forward and put, he just said, Stu, who do you want to film? Like, uh, you're here in Brazil, who would you love to meet? And I'm like, I'd love to go to the Brazilian top team and make a documentary on Tequino. And he was like, okay, I'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. And then he, I was like, wow, you know, so, and he really put my name forward and, um, you know, I can't wait to go back to Brazil and stay with Dennis again and, you know, make some more, produce some more movies with him. He was a great guy. And the whole experience in Brazil, experiencing their culture, and um, it was great, you know. So what are the differences, in your opinion, from, like, the jiu-jitsu scene in the U.K. as opposed to Brazil? Um, and, well, in the U.K., obviously, we don't have as many black belts. Um, you know, I mean, in the U.K., my gym, I'm very fortunate. We've got, my gym in the U.K., I think we've got three, no, four black belts in the map now. And probably about three or four, maybe five brown belts. But when I first started, you know, um, there was two black belts and two purple belts, and obviously it's grown over that time. Uh, but in Brazil, I would step in the gym, and all I, the only people I would spar with were black belts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the ring would just be full of them, and I'm like, and it was a very humbling experience. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just, my, put it this way, my submission, defense, and escape got a lot better. <laughs> So uh, UK is definitely catching up for sure. You know, um, there's a lot of talented guys coming out of uh, UK. It's, the sport is growing so much. Um, yeah, I just, it's it's really crazy how much it's growing in the UK and the whole of Europe, really. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned that uh, you were able to do a film on Brazilian top team, mainly Tokinho. What was that like filming him? Because he's a very like, you know interesting guy you know he's had like a lot of like yeah. you know the most surprising thing about Takino is I was so nervous about meeting him I thought I had this impression I think a lot of people have this impression he's a bad guy and he deliberately hurts people and he's a bit of a you know how we say in the UK a bit of a meathead <laughs> yeah you know but I, when I met him he was so friendly and shy he was actually very shy hmm. and you know, like quite sort of uh, self-conscious and nervous about talking to me, and I'm like, wow, you know, like this guy. And then when I spoke to him, he's just, he's just, he, I don't think the guy knows his own strengths. Um, the amount of people he's injured a lot of people in ADCC and the UFC, but I watched him train, and even in training, he, 
he can't. He's just. He's, you should see the build of this guy. He's like the Takino suits him. That nickname is perfect for him because he's so strong. I watched him. I watched some guy try and take him down, and I watched him lift him up in the air and throw him over his head into the ring, which was like five foot behind him. <laughs> and then and he, and he was frustrated with himself. He was. I saw him uh, getting really frustrated with. Um, you know, how he kept him tossing people around because he just, he doesn't know, he just goes quite hard and he just, he just, he just does one speed. <laughs> so I guess he's kind of a, a gentle giant, I guess, like, he's very yeah. intimidating, but on the inside he's very, you know, shy. And... That's the perfect way to describe him, you know, a gentle giant, you know, and I remember after I made that documentary, um, I added him on Facebook and then, I was talking to him on Facebook, and he actually replied, and I was talking to another friend at the same time. I was like, guess what? I was like, what? I'm talking to Takino right now. Mm-hmm. Like, no. <laughs> wow. And he, and he was really cool, you know, after I made the documentary. He gave me a big hug, and um, so did Murillo Bustamante, and all that is very surreal to me. You know, these guys who I'm big fans of, you know, uh, shaking my hand and knowing my name. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, I, I mean, in my opinion, I think that's a big reason why, you know, your films are, they come out, you know, and they're able to give people insight because you yourself are a fan of these guys and you train with them. So you're able to look at it from, you know, a, a normal person's perspective and, you know, what, yeah. what, what you want to see is what mostly what the audience wants to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I'm still a, like Braulio. I know Braulio so well. Um, and I'm still, I, I told him, you know, um, when we were out in America one night doing some filming, we went out to have a beer together and I told him that two years ago I was at the European Championships competing and I was actually uh, at the side waiting in a queue to get my photograph taken with him. And if someone had told me in two years' time I'd be sat in America having a beer with him, I would never have believed you. <laughs> You know, it's uh, strange. See, last weekend, yeah. Uh, you know, Vito Bell for John Jones. I was uh, again four years ago, you know, five years ago. I was at university, and I, like I told you, the first fight I saw was Clay Guida, Roger Huerta. And if someone told me in five years' time you'd be in Thailand, sitting next to Roger Huerta, having breakfast, watching watching the UFC, again, it's just. All this is, I, I still, it's still so surreal to me. Mm. And meeting these guys in real life. Roger Huerta, I'd just like to say, he's one of the, again, one of the nicest people I've ever met. And he's also lethal on the ground. <laughs> yeah. I've had the sparring with him a lot, and he's, he's very, he's, he's an unbelievable on the ground. Interesting. Um, I'm actually encouraging him to get into the gi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just go and set the gi. And I, I think he's about to compete in the Bangkok Open with me for the first time in jiu-jitsu. Wow, that's cool. That's going to be interesting. Because you know, <laughs> I think uh, he, doesn't even, he doesn't even have a belt. So I think um, he's going to have to go in the blue belt division at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be funny if people recognize Imagine if you're a blue belt, you step on the mat, you look up, and yeah. Roger works. <laughs> yeah, that has to be intimidating. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Stuart, um, I wanted to go back to your filming a little bit. What do you think makes your videos stand out as opposed to maybe the average, you know, videos that we see? I think what makes them stand out is probably 
my camera work um, and the editing. Um, again, at school, I was never an academic person. I was never a, never good at maths, never good at science. The only things I was ever good at was art and sport. And um, I was always, you know, uh, really good at drawing. And I think filmmaking is very much the same, you know, especially editing. I've got a lot of... To sit down there and edit a, um, a film, like a, a short documentary, it requires a lot of patience. And I find it very therapeutic, and I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Throughout all my years at school, um, in every art lesson, my art teacher would come up to me and say, you take ages drawing, but you're a perfectionist. It takes me age. It takes me so long. If people knew how many hours I put into making these documentaries, it takes me so long, and I don't make any money from it. It gets me around the world for sure. Yeah, uh, which I love. Absolutely love it. But um, I think my camera work. I think um, I have a good eye, you know, for uh, what a good shot is, and the editing. I spend. I just. I'm a real perfectionist. It takes me a long time to put these things together, and I. I have to make it absolutely perfect. I think another thing is that a lot of times, you know, you're doing the filming and the editing. I mean, this is all you. This is, you know, it's not like you have a, a huge crew with you. You know, you're doing most of this work by yourself, right? Uh, absolutely, yeah. That's another thing. That's, um, I actually met Bobby Razak. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Bobby Razak. Um, he did all the tap-out commercials, and he's, uh, he's a quite well-known filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Him, I actually remember being at the expo, and he was, I was tweeting him saying, I'd love to meet you, I'm a fan, and he replied back to me saying, oh, I'm a fan of yours, I'm like, no way, <laughs> and he's like, oh, like, let's meet up, and we met up, and he's like, oh, I want to see your kit and your crew, and I'm like, I don't have a crew, he's like, what? He's like, well, what do you film on, and I showed him my little tiny tripod and my camera, he's like, this is what you make your films on, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I don't have anything else, he's like, all right, that's quite surprising, so... Yeah, I, I do it all by myself, and I wouldn't have it any other way, really. I, I enjoy each step of it. You know, I enjoy the film and enjoy the editing, and I enjoy asking the questions as well. So you enjoy doing this by yourself, this process? Yeah, I really do. I really do. I, I don't think um, when I'm working on someone else's project, I don't have the same kind of motivation. You know, uh, I like doing everything because it's my own thing, you know, creating something myself. Hmm. Okay. So, um, I'm curious, is there anyone in particular that you would like to do a film on or that you would like to, you know, meet that you haven't? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've actually met this guy. Um, he probably won't remember me. I met him at the Worlds uh, in California a couple of months back in Marcelo Garcia. Yeah. Um, I would love to make a film on Marcelo Garcia. And I even uh, I spoke to him and he said that he, uh, he did say he was up for doing it. Um, and I've emailed him since then and he is, he, he's up, he, he would like to do it with me. Um, but it's all about funds and getting the funds together to go over there. And another guy I would love to make, absolutely love to make a documentary. And again, he's agreed. But again, it's finding the right time to go over there and uh, getting the funds to do it is uh, Eddie Bravo. Um, I'm quite a big fan of Eddie Bravo. You know, I like um, <clears throat> Not a lot of people are. But I, I, I like the guy. I think he's interesting. I think he's a great, uh, great at marketing. He's done well for himself. Um, he's another person. But <clears throat> if I could go back in time, for sure, I would, would have loved to have been the guy who made uh, Choke, the documentary on Hicks and Gracie. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd, even now I'd still like to do something on Hicks and Gracie. Hmm. But those three really stand out to me. Okay, interesting. So, Stuart, what are maybe some of your goals for um, the future of, you know, your, your company and the projects you're doing? Um, my goals, I, I hope to come ADCC 2013, I hope um, somehow I get an invite <laughs> to go and film another highlight there. Um, you know, uh, that would be my dream, you know, uh, and actually produce a documentary leading up to the ADCC. Uh, especially the super fight between Growly Steamer and Andre Calvo. Mm-hmm. Uh, carry on, carry on making these jujitsu videos because I get I get emails every day, which is still really surreal to me. Of people saying, "Keep up the good work. Thank you for doing. Thank you for making these documentaries." And if I wasn't getting such positive response, I probably would have stopped by now. But I just hope to carry on doing what I'm doing. Um, but it's my actual proper job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm actually, you know, uh, getting paid to do it. <laughs> um, That's my dream. My dream is to be paid to, to, be, to do what I do. Yeah, to be able to do what you love, yeah. Exactly. Um, and I think hopefully I'll get there. Mm. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, um, can you talk about maybe uh, what you're working on right now or maybe your upcoming projects? Um, right now, I'm currently working for Tiger Muay Thai, and I'm enjoying my stay here. Um, and I've just finished a video on Arnold uh, Begain Lafont, who's a French MMA fighter. <clears throat> and he's actually fighting Shinya Aoki uh, in two weeks' time. <clears throat> so I've just finished the 15-minute documentary on him. Um, next month, we've got Jamie Varner from the USC coming. So I'll be doing a lot of do- documentary on him. And then in January, I've got Marilla Bustamante and uh, Husamar Polharis coming out here to Thailand. And so they're the projects I've got going in the meantime. And at the moment, I'm just enjoying enjoying life here in Thailand and um, enjoying learning Thai boxing. Yeah. So something, again, something I've wanted to do and get good at for a while. And maybe even make some Thai boxing videos. Mm, okay, interesting. Um well, Stuart, I appreciate you taking the time to talk. If people want to see your work or find out more about you, where can they go? Uh, you can see my work and um, <clears throat> go to my website at stuartcooperfilms.com. And <clears throat> also, you can follow me on Twitter, stuartcooperfilms. And then I'll, you can also see me on Facebook. If you just look up Stuart Cooper Films on Facebook, you'll see my fan page on there. And, um, yeah, I tend to, if you send me a message, I always try and reply to everybody. So... That's where you can see all the stuff I've done so far on my YouTube channel. Okay, great. Um, Stuart, is there anything else you want to say? Um, yeah, just I'd like to thank everybody for um, you know the, all the kind messages they send me. I get so much positive response, you know, with my emails and my Facebook account. And mm. um, you know, so I just I really appreciate the people sending me these messages. Great, Stuart. Well, um, hopefully we can talk again. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>